This is the Copper Crab Podcast. I am Cheney Crab. I am Naveen Copperwise. If you would like to buy any podcast merch, then hit coppercrab.bigcartel.com. If you would like to buy merch from our band, Entheos, that is www.entheosstore.com. If you're not already tuning in on Tuesday nights live on Twitch at 7.30 Central Standard Time every Tuesday, except I believe this week in which we will be doing one on a Sunday because I am will be here and we've got a couple guys from that band coming on the podcast. So usually Tuesdays this week, Sunday, and also next Tuesday is Chelsea Wolf and you know we are not missing that show in Nashville. Uh, we announced a tour today with As I Lay Dying and Chelsea Grin. It's going across the entire United States. You can check out the dates for that on our all of our social media. And so local pre-sale is Thursday, February 29th at 10 a.m. Eastern. And tickets are on sale this Friday. So go and check that shit out. <sighs> oh, my God. I didn't get through the first 10 minutes without cussing. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But today on the You pod- told us not to cuss. <laughs> I know, and then I, I knew I was going to be the one to break it. But today our guest is Sanjay Kumar. He is in, let's see if I can name them all, in Fury, Wormhole, Grey Lotus. Are you in other bands? Yeah, there are more. <laughs> what else is Equipoise. there? Equipoise. Equipoise. Oh, that's, Equipoise, that's the other. yes, okay. And then I always got, you know, I always got some stuff on the side. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you have going on on the side? Nothing that you're announcing yet? Oh, well, I got like a solo brutal death metal thing. It's mm-hmm. called Hanuman. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know that. It was my COVID thing, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Like oh, that yeah. was like what I was doing. Then I make beats. Is that I you do know. that under a different project? The beats? I do that for fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. So you're just one of those guys who you like you're writing stuff constantly. That's what where you exist. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Have you done that your entire life? First song I wrote, I was in like ninth grade. No, no, tenth grade, 2010, and. uh I don't know. It was just fun doing it. Yeah. You know, there's like, okay. Writing music to me, it all comes down to a feeling. Yeah. yeah. There's this one <laughs> feeling and it's the, damn, I made this. Yep. Totally. Yep. I love that feeling. And that's like, I don't know. The highest I've ever been, dude, is yeah, when, I, when I, agree, I get man. that, damn, I made this feeling. Yeah. I think for me, that's the only part of music that I would <clears throat> do no matter what. Yeah. Like, like if I wasn't in a band or anything like that, you know, I might not practice as much as I do or, you know, prepare for all this other stuff that we do. But the actual writing, the music part is like totally the f- funnest thing. Yeah, it's the I best part. I just like part. love it. I would just, my ideal life is just doing that every day, all day. That's it. I would almost fast forward through like the, the writing and recording process just to get to the damn I made that feeling just to the like listening to a finished product you know what i mean yeah i enjoy doing all of that stuff but it's really once you hit that point where you can drive around in your car and just listen to what you've done that's my favorite favorite part of the entire like the final final product exactly when i'm like finally it's over but also damn i made this that's cool sometimes you know you know like like every every musician here we, we all make our own like shitty little demos you know yeah, yeah. like but uh like sometimes like i make like just like a slam or something like that and i just like <laughs> like this is like the first demo i ever made and i just like can't believe i made that and i like spin this one demo like over and over and over again i'm like like 
this can't be real, dude. <laughs> it's too heavy. It's, like, it's, too, it's too good. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what started you off with all the slam stuff? How did uh, you get and did you just start in slam? Because no. that's what I feel about you. You're just born and <laughs> born from slam. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, 2012, um, December 2012. Wow. On YouTube. Uh, this YouTube channel, uh, the YouTube channel, Guttural Brutality 666, <laughs> uploaded a full stream of the anomalies of artificial origin, abominable putridity. And oh, like yeah. one day, like my senior year, I was just like studying for an exam or something. And I like just like put it on, like, you know, like background music, the cover looks sick. It was on my YouTube homepage. <clears throat> I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. So did you like something. death metal already or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I was like all in the tech death at that time. <clears throat> okay. Like my favorite bands were like, Gorod, mm-hmm. Beyond Creation, Archbire, that kind of thing. Necrophagist, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So, so you heard that and you were like, all right, yeah, all these but, notes. But here's the thing, okay? Because, like, I, I looked that up and I'm like, I don't, I don't listen to music like this, really, but, like, this just works for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is this? You know? So I'm look, looking up the slam thing, and still, like, 2012, I find um, epicardiectomy in t- 2012. And I'm like, this is slam? This is like not the same. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And at the time I was like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. And then uh, but like, you know, I kept finding other bands like Abominable, like um Analepsy. Yeah, fucking yeah. I love analepsy. I almost Homes. wore my analepsy shirt tonight. I'm glad I didn't. Would have been matched. No, we should have matched up, dude. <laughs> um yeah, like like analepsy, and then I found like uh, wormed. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're like, so sick. Yeah, <laughs> and then so, but the basically it was just like a decline in the production standards. You know, I was just slowly going down. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm at the fuck. I'm at the bottom, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just listening to stuff recorded with a microphone in the middle yeah, of the yeah. room, and that's dude. I there's like a textural thing to it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love an absolutely shitty mix that just but just like <coughs> touches my ear the right way yeah 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 well, so what do you feel is the best example of that um well it's hard to say um a lot of defeated sanity's mixes like the mix on passages like that was like perfect i think that's like best drums too i love the sound of those drums besides matt on almost human uh Oh, yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we were talking the other night about the Echimosis. Ech- yeah, Echimosis. Yeah, that production, I think, is fucking hella sick. That one, <laughs> there's that record um, where, like, one guitar is, like, purposefully louder than the other or something. Yeah. It's, like, so Do we know that invalid? it's on purpose, though? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's really, uh, it's, like, really cool, but, like, so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like this vortex <laughs> and it's like <laughs> I love it dude. Oh. All right, we're going to yeah, have to jam it. some of those in the post show because yeah. I know oh, hell yeah, I, I know like right the you know Naveen's into slam so and it's not totally my cup but I do like abominable putridity and wormed and yeah. those type of bands so I'm interesting to hear other stuff in that yeah. direction but yeah, this is something. This is a this is definitely a departure from abominable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't okay. even call that like slam personally. It's just like brutal death. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of yeah, it really is. Well, what's the difference between slam well, and 
brutal. Slam is the type of band that like is like only either they're either playing slams or setting up for one right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. And then brutal death metal is just like yeah, brutal death metal. You you'll you'll get a slam or two. It's not like you don't yeah, know yeah. that it's gonna. It might not happen, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't rely on the slams. You know, mm. there's like usually other cool things happening. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's tech death that doesn't really have any slams at all. No slams. Zero. <laughs> so you, slam. you, you couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What what are the slams in in tech death? Wormhole? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, see, I'm, I guess you guys call uh, yourselves tech slam, right? Yeah, it's so totally I'm just So I'm associating you with strictly the slam scene, but I, oh. I'm unschooled. So yeah, yeah. you're tech slam, you're a mix of tech. <laughs> yeah, they definitely have a lot slam. of different, uh, like, influences. In That's music. true. Eclectic. Yeah. I can tell when I'm listening to you guys. It's, it's very, like, melodic and kind of all over the place mm-hmm. in a good way. It brings that stuff together. It's crazy how the definitions work, though. You yeah, know, yeah. like, um, like, okay, wormhole, you know, techie brutal death metal, right? Defeated sanity, yeah, is also brutal death metal that is really techie, <clears throat> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there is technical brutal death metal and brutal technical death metal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they are actually different things. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, wow. it's like, so pu- like putridity <laughs> is like. Brutal death metal, that's technical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when did all of this start? Like, when, because we were talking about this a few weeks ago on the podcast. Like, when did metal start branching out into all of these, like, super underground things? Like, when did they start calling slam, slam? When did they start calling brutal death metal? Um, I think they started calling slam, slam after uh, Devourment. Okay. Because, like, that was the first band that just played slam riffs or, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Uh, and like Brutal Death Metal, I guess that came around, I don't know, probably when Suffocation and stuff like that. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Disgorge, I think. Disgorge, yeah, yeah. That makes, that makes like, the most sense. All right, this is just nuts brutal. Yeah. Because like, I heard that when I was pretty young. I was probably like 16. But to me, there was like Death Metal, and then there was Brutal Death Metal. And that was pretty much it, you know? So Suffocation, Dying Fetus, Cannibal Corpse, that was all like Death Metal. And then Brutal Death Metal was like the first decrepit album. Disgorge. There were some other bands. There was this other band, Cinerary. Have you ever heard that? No. It's like the older precursor to Slam. Because I remember when we had a we had a, a sound guy named uh, Mike Torres. Yeah, you know I know Mike. Yeah, I love okay. Mike. Yeah. But he would be like, "Dude, this is like Slam," and I'm like. What the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, we didn't really. I didn't really know. I was really like, what is that? And he's like, it's just either. shit that like slams. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know like what that meant. You know? Uh huh. But because I'm like kind of older, I guess. Dude, is, but then I got, I kind of like, when I met you guys and like, you kind of got me into a couple bands. So I was like, all right, I, I get it now. I get, I get what's going on here. Explaining it is really fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like hearing about it because it's just so silly. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Like, yeah, it really yeah. is. It, it gets sillier and sillier as you go. But but yeah, rad. you start to like crave it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I gotta hear something that's like even more brutal somehow. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, like yeah, I follow all the like YouTubes and shit like that. Like uh, I just know Slam World Brutal Live. Music with a K. Have you seen? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. That one's like the best one in my opinion. Really? I found some good shit off of there, dude. Dude, usually the stuff. The way I keep up is I listen to every new Standard Elite 
Yeah, man. Okay, I give it yeah. at least one spin. You yeah, know, and, 100%. and usually it, it always clicks at least like seventy percent. You know, it's yeah, not yeah. always like exceptional, but it's like yeah, yeah. it's got something right. Yeah, I know? do that too. I follow all the. I started following a lot of those labels on Instagram. That's like mm-hmm. a, a good way to hear it, and then all the like Indonesian. And like Thailand, all yeah. that stuff. And they're like, on something else over there. They're on some. I want to go. Yeah, he, he <laughs> I want to go. Literally, Naveen has been talking about it nonstop. Going so to Thailand to and checking out the scene and like try to chill with those guys. Yeah, and maybe go to a show or something. What's like, the name of that? What's the name of that dude who's like at the forefront of Larry Wang? Yeah, Larry Wang. There dude. we go. <laughs> yeah. I was telling her, I was like, dude, we should get him on the podcast. Yes, that would be sick. <laughs> right? So what's, be sick. what's the history behind Larry Wang? Like uh, he's been like a, just a bunch of bands that are like awesome awesome yeah like and uh, he has like a label or like a merch thing or something yeah like that. yeah 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 he's doing uh what is it fat to a large yeah is that it? have you ever met him no have you ever talked to him no he's just a legend yeah wow that's incredible he played in the u.s like recent like i think it was like las vegas death fest or something wow. he played maggot colony played maggot colony that is sick. such a sick band name yeah <laughs> <Maggot> <laughs> <Colony>. <laughs> i love it <laughs> That's awesome. So you got into Slam in 2012. So I have been wanting to ask you this. You have a brother, Noni. Mm-hmm. We met Noni, I think, before we met you because he was filling in for uh, Within Destruction. No, we had already known. Oh, we already we oh, we at knew his house. you. Yeah, we stayed at your guys' oh, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Either way, we toured with Noni. And like, Noni is older than you, right? By yep. 11 months. Yep. We talked about this the other night. So. Did one of you get into metal first and lead the other person? We kind of got into it at the same time because we were like, we, since we're 11 months apart, like everything that happens with us is like happening at the same time. Yeah. Totally. So like we kind of got into it at the same time. Um, Like Guitar Hero introduced us to a lot of music. Um, I found Godsmack on a a Navy commercial back in the day. I I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it, was it I Stand Alone? I don't. I don't even remember. I, I remember the same commercial. But I got. Yeah. A, I got like a Godsmack CD from the library, and it was like, not like that. And I was like, this is trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I eventually found that song, and I could spin that song. But uh, yeah. Were your parents like, "What's wrong with my kid? He listens to, I think the devil's music." I think so at like certain points, but they're they've always been like pretty open minded. I do remember the first car ride because like. We used to, like when my mom would drop us off at school, I'd make like CDs and like of like shit I downloaded from Limewire. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. And we listened to it on the way to school. <clears throat> I remember the day that I had a I put Morbid Angel songs on the CD, and she was like, "I like the music you li- you listened to yesterday better." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was always kind of like I knew my parents were gonna like not get it, mm-hmm. so I'd kind of just like not play it. Oh yeah. They kind of get it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. your parents, I mean, they were at the Nashville show that you played with Inferior, yeah. and they both had, <laughs> they on, had, di- merch, they on had their, merch on. They were killing yeah, it. They were, they were just full-blown fans. It was so cute. That's sick. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. So you got into Godsmack, and then you got Noni into... No, no. Actually, the Godsmack thing was kind of an isolated incident, but it, like, mm-hmm. triggered my, like, my, my ear for that was there. Mm-hmm. But that era, what took over was just purely just all, like, Dirty South hip-hop. Oh, yeah. That Hell was... Yeah. Everything I listened to up until eighth grade, like three six and I love three six mafia, <laughs> Lil John, um, crime mob, PD Pablo, crime mob. Yeah, I love crime mob. Um, mystical, yeah. There's a lot, a little scrappy. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little scrappy. Um, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
Yeah, but then like uh, eighth grade, I was like playing Guitar Hero too. So like, I was like, you know, getting back into hearing that kind of stuff, you know, that I knew I liked, but I just wasn't exposed to enough of to like, you know, because I, I never had like a family member or friend who was into it who could like show it to me. Yeah, yeah. So it was always me and Noni kind of just bouncing off of each other. So Guitar Hero got us into a lot of bands. And then like from there, I think Iron Maiden and Metallica were on this one. And I loved Iron Maiden. I like would binge every Iron Maiden album. I was like, that was like all I was listening to in eighth grade. Then I've gotten into Megadeth, Metallica. Then I found Death. I heard Crystal Mountain. Oh, wow. And uh, I got, I, I just got over the harsh vocal thing. You know, because like you didn't like it at first. I, I didn't not like it, but I was like resistant to it. I was too. I I would find myself listening to songs like I got into kind of metalcore. I went from new metal to metalcore into death metal. But when I was into metalcore, I at first was listening for the singing part. Mm -hmm. I was like, "When's the singing part? Let's get to it." You know. So it took me a minute, but eventually I got way into it with honest lamb of God is what pulled me into really, really liking screaming vocals a lot. I feel like, like you have like transitionary vocals, mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. like, yep. like Chuck was like, not super like brutal, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's and true. Like Chuck. And then like brutal. And then like morbid angels, like a little bit more brutal. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then eventually you get like, I don't know, like, Maddie Way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're Maddie Way. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Same here. Actually, the first the first time I ever heard anything like that, I just thought it was great. I was just down. Really? Well, were, yeah. you, were you listening to vocals when you first heard it? No, I'm just, I was, I'm a drummer. Right, yeah. <clears throat> but, I mean, I listened to like Green Day and Nirvana and then, I don't know, like Rage Against the Machine or something. And then I heard Sepultura and I was just like. This is so sick. Like I'm listening to Death Metal, even though it's not. I Death feel like Metal. simple. I feel like they're a good that's intro kinda, band. That's I in do between. Too. Yeah, yeah. Vocals. Right in between. But I didn't think that when I first heard it. I thought it was like, I thought that was Death Metal. I was like, these are Death Metal vocals. Like, I can't let my parents find out about this. Oh, they yeah. Can't get heavier. Even though my yeah. parents are like the most open-minded, like they they never even said anything negative about it. I was still just kind of like self-conscious. Like they're not gonna get this. <laughs> See, I, I always had Noni as a as a you know since we were always into it together like yeah it's actually pretty easy you know to same like, with me and my brother yeah my, my brother's eighteen well one of my brothers is only eighteen months younger than me so we were always like into the same music and like listening to music in our room and shit yeah and then we always had a lot of friends in the area so and our like our house was kind of like the house that everybody hung out at so we would just like hang out and like listen to metal play PlayStation. Did you play guitar way before all of this, or was guitar something? No, nah, I got guitar after I got into metal. You know okay, who well. really made me want to get the guitar, though, was Buckethead. Okay, wow. Because, like, I don't know, like, Soothsayer, which I heard on Guitar Hero, was like, I was like, dang, like, he's just he's just doing his thing. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> wow, okay. So you didn't play guitar at all, and then... No, not, not yet. You already listened wow. to, like... A lot of guitar music. Death metal stuff? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. I, oh, yeah, yeah. No, guitar came after Iron Maiden, after Metallica. Okay. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But before death. Like, yeah. I remember I got, okay, I got my first guitar December 2008. 
And I remember listening to Crystal Mountain for the first time in like April or something like that, probably <clears throat> like springtime. So guitar is kind of triggered me to like look for more music. I yeah, think. Yeah. Because yeah. you just get a, just a little bit more interested when you get for the sure. guitar. Absolutely. So that's how you just after death. Where did you go? You got further into. Um. All right. So now we're going. Now we're going to freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> Freshman year, I I discovered something like amazing. Um, we, okay. <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. Weed and hallucinogens. <laughs> um, so I had already listened to like basically every like the first four or five Megadeth albums like like at least once at that time. But in ninth grade, I kind of realized like how amazing Rust in Peace is, and like how many layers there really are to that, and like. Marty Friedman and stuff like that. Like a lot of stuff started clicking to me about like why this is superior to like a lot of this other stuff, you know, yeah. like I kind of knew it was like, it was like really good. But then I started to like pick up on like, okay, this is why it's really good. And like that made me put it like on a higher pedestal, you know? So I like got obsessed with that album. I, I like learned like everything, you know, I, well, I tried, I still sucked. I, it was my freshman. I, wow. I hadn't been playing for a year yet, but you were like, good right when you um, started. I feel like you were pretty good. Right? I know, I do too. I feel like you were good when you started. Uh, or maybe I don't know. You, or you just well, you're talking about it. You got really obsessed really quickly. I'm yeah. kind of getting that vibe from you. I think Rust in Peace is that album that made me like try and get good because like like I saw the value in it. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were like things that were like. If you're learning like a bunch of like Megadeth riffs and uh, Metallica riffs and stuff like that and uh, Kirk Hammett solos and, you know, and then you go to like a Marty Friedman one, you know, and like it's just like so out of the box and intense and you kind of like, you know, this is such a guitar player thing, but you like, you kind of like can't grasp like what you're hearing, what is, yeah, yeah what yeah. you're hearing yeah. and what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so dense and yeah. uh you know i was like i was like trying to figure it out and i couldn't figure it out and like i learned them note by note and like try my best to, to do it you know and i'd always just be like playing the notes but like there was always like this mystery behind it mm -hmm. like and none of my guitar teachers could crack it because like you know they were they sucked. They didn't suck. They didn't suck. They were really good yeah, at, yeah. At, at their own thing, but yeah, like yeah. not. They weren't really aware of that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, that mystery, you know, kind of like drives you. You know, I like. I wanted to know. Like, I want to know. I like it so yeah, much. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Uh, and I could never figure it out. Yeah, honestly, to this day, like, I still can hardly figure it out with Marty. Yeah. In, in, with him in particular, you know, he's just different. Yeah. But, is, uh, is he, like, your favorite guitar player? Yeah, he's one of my all-time favorites. Who else are your all-time favorites? All right. We got Marty, Friedman, Jason Becker, those two. Okay, Like, yeah. they're, like, a duo kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, lo I love them both equally. Tom Quayle it's like, a fusion guy. He's, like, what we're... Have you, ever, have you ever seen me do this? <coughs> yeah, yeah. This, this stuff. What is that called? Hybrid picking. Oh, okay, that's hybrid picking. Yeah, uh, like that's my Tom Quayle worship. Um, yeah, those three, and then Brendan Small from Death Clock. Oh yeah. Um, and his Galacticon stuff. Yo, he is so underrated. Really? <laughs> like, like that's because he's a cartoon. That's his problem. 
It's true. That is true because I know every Death Clock song, but I don't know what he looks like. Oh. Yeah, I have no idea. Like a cartoon. Just looks like a guy, man. <laughs> he's, lo- he's, he's just, he looks like he could work in an office, honestly. He just looks like a guy. But I think that's like, I think that just looks, I think that's like so cool though, because he's done like, you know, he made a TV show. He made two sick TV shows. What's the other TV show he made besides uh, Metal Home, Home Movies. Oh, he made him. Or, oh. or he was in that at least. Okay, I know a, that. Yeah. He was a writer on it or something. Dude, that was such a good show. It's not around anymore though, right? Uh, they play it at like three, eight, three or four a.m. though yeah. on Adult Swim. Yeah, Brent Small. I really like that guy. He's sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Think I think I would say those are my top four. I mean, I I mean, you know, I love like Ingve and stuff like that, but I don't like, you know, those are the those are the four where like we're like, I'm like studying really hard on you know <clears throat> got it yeah that's cool oh and one more actually sims sims cash oh yeah oh yeah. sims yeah, is yeah. so goddamn good at guitar what's Wait, up with him lately yeah got a grammy i saw that but what was it for i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no one knows it's a no grammy though yeah, so it is a grammy cool. <laughs> he's got one but he i can't remember the last band that sims played in uh i thought it was gonna he be an alluvial yeah, I was don't know. It? I don't know. That would have been sick. That would have been sick. Any band that he would have been in, that would have been sick. Yeah, he he uh, opened my ear a little bit to like get out of the box. I was in a box, you know. I was like classic guitar player stuff, like playing these same scale shapes. Yeah, and yeah. I, I heard like some stuff that he did where it was like so out there, and it kind of like made gave me this realization like I can p- kind of just play any note anywhere at any given mm-hmm. time. Like it's it's not in- improbable, you know. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I don't need to just fit these shapes you know yeah I'm, i trained my fingers to do that and that's what they're used to but they can do more yeah, yeah. And sims taught me that that's awesome i wonder that a lot about people who are super like highly trained how much it keeps them in a box just because you get used to all of these like you're saying patterns that are that's how it's supposed to be but mm-hmm. in art while you can learn all of those things i think that the coolest players are the ones who aren't doing the totally in the box stuff yeah I, I, I would agree but the way that i see it though is like not in the box really is you just know so many different boxes y- yeah. you're jumping from totally. box to box. yeah yeah exactly totally. um and then when you're in the box i think just means that like you're just you just been on one path but like okay fretboard visualization like that's a huge thing with 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 guitar this is me giving one of my classic guitar lessons. Let's like that's awesome. Let's okay. hear it. I'm taking notes. Yeah. Um, fretboard visualization, there's no one way to do it. Like, um, a lot of people tell you, like, this is how I do it. This is the way that I do it. And, and like, this is what you should do, et cetera, et cetera. Like, a lot of people learn, like, the scale shapes. All right? They learn, like, the three note per string. Yeah. They learn the Berkeley position shapes. And they get taught, like, here's the seven modes. Learn all these all these uh, shapes, you know, memorize all of them. Um, and that's how you learn the notes on where, you know, where the notes are on the fretboard, right? That kind of works, you know? Like, okay, now that person can see, they can learn the fretboard going up and down and <coughs> then up and down, you know? Yeah. But there's a lot more directions to go than just up and down and over, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that's... You know, it shows one avenue that you're probably going to use, but, like, that's not all you want to do, right? So then maybe you learn something else and you learn scales on one string. So it's like, okay, now I can go left and right on one string. So now you have two directions. But 
you only get so many so many notes. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, it, it, it's hard to, to do that. So you need to expand how you visualize to see all of these directions. Mm-hmm. If you can't see, like, how to get from point A to point B in many different ways, then you need to work on your fretboard visualization. There's like, really, there's infinite ways. There's like infinite, you know, um, musical ideas. Uh, So fretboard visualization needs to be a lot of them. And I don't think anybody can ever discount ever trying something new because you'll always see something else. Mm -hmm. Do you let your ear, how much does your ear play into it though? Rather than like, it's mostly my ear. Yeah. So you're not really, like for me, I'm kind of like letting my ear guide me, like when I write stuff. Um, and like the technicality part is kind of secondary to that. Yeah, I totally agree to that. You know, is uh, it's like that for you too. Sometimes it screws you. Yeah. But I also see that as like, I'm leveling myself up right here. Yeah. I want to be able to do this. and yeah. I just made myself have to learn how to do it. So yeah, Exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you want to, I want to go somewhere. So I know, okay, I need to learn X, Y, and Z in order to do that thing. Like it's kind of utilitarian for me personally. Yeah, no, I, 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 that was one of the things about writing a guitar pro that was actually good for me. Like I don't do it now because I don't want to, different story, but, (laughs) um, um, I would like write things in Guitar Pro and I, w- I would even think like, you know, like the fingerings, I'd see them in my head. Um, you know, like punch them in, like, yeah, I could do this. Like these, this makes sense. Um, <clears throat> then I finish it and then I play it back and it'll be like so fast that it's like, huh, like I actually can't do it that fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll fall in love with it. I'll be like, but it's so sick. <laughs> so sick. I can't, I can't, I can't not do this. So yeah, yeah. you just got to grind it out now. Yeah. 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 And I, I am, Pretty good under pressure. So I put that pressure on myself and I do it. Yep. Likewise. That's awesome. Well, take us, what's up with the guitar pro thing? Is it because you don't want to get too, like, demo-itis out? Uh, All right, yeah. Guitar pro, like, just sounds like shit. Like, I just hate how it sounds. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I'm at a point where I can say what I want with my fingers. Yeah. You know? I, I don't think that I, I don't think that I need... Guitar Pro to do anything for me, and I like playing guitar. I don't like playing computer. Yeah, yeah. So it's just more fun for me. I feel more connected to what I'm doing. Um, it feels organic. Like, then the subtleties of, like, me are in there. You know, like, I love to do, like, little goofy vibrato things, you know, here and there <laughs> that are, like, you know, it's, it's me just doing me and, like, on the note, but, like, now it's also part of the riff, you know, yeah. and you can't notate that in Guitar Pro. Yeah. Totally. And, yeah, it's really just the subtleties um, and like my focus, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm just playing guitar and clicking control R and control Z, yeah, it's way I'm, better. I'm, yeah, I'm just in the way zone. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I think you're bringing up a good point that guitar pro is a great tool for like expanding, doing things that you cannot yeah. do if you aren't that advanced of a player, but, and that'll help you become even more advanced of a player. 100%. But you can, you know, over time, it's kind of like a, like training wheels a little bit to yeah. to do like super technical stuff. Yeah. And also like you, if you're in a tech death band, you have to do it anyways. Like that's the yeah, only way yeah. to like learn like, <laughs> the kind of <laughs> <True>. stuff. <laughs> or to give it to the other members of the band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing for us is, so Naveen, when he writes, he, 
I guess you've maybe written a few things with Guitar Pro, but when you write... I've you never written anything I've liked in Guitar Pro. Nothing. Nothing. Like, it just sounds... I don't know. There's something about... Like, uh, yeah, I'm using my ear, but I'm also... like um, There's, like, spontaneity happening. You know, and you're like kind of playing guitar. Like, oh, that sounds kind of... Like, oh, I did that. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Let me oh, yeah. go further in that direction. If I'm just in Guitar Pro, I don't have anything to, like, bounce back and forth between. You know, because I'm bouncing back between what sounds cool and what I know how to do. And then it's like they're kind of making this, like, riff. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't try to write riffs. You know, I'm not like... Okay, I got to force a riff. You know, it's, I'm playing guitar and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then yeah, I just yeah, like yeah. record it. You just try and feel it out. <laughs> yeah, feel it out. And then I like kind of go with my ear, like what I want to hear. And then I'll even go even further. And then, like, I don't know all the scales, like, memorized. You know what I mean? So I'll sort of like just derive scales off of like the riff I'm using. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, oh, that riff. Like using the same notes? Uh, yeah. Or like if I'm writing a riff. I'll be like, okay, this sounds pretty cool. And then I'll figure out what key it could be in. There's like a few different ones it could be. And then from there, I'll either like tweak it a little bit and then write more riffs that kind of go with mm-hmm. it or or not. That's just a tool, you know. Um, Lately, I've been doing that because I've been trying to make more like refined songs. So that's more closely to how I would write in Wormhole. Yeah. Like Wormhole yeah, is it like. It sounds like it. Wormhole is not like diatonic at yeah. like a lot oh, of times, yeah. you know? So Definitely it's going to be like crazy random notes. They're pretty random. Like it, uh, it almost doesn't matter at, at, <laughs> at a certain point, you know? Like it's a slam one, <laughs> three, three, two, one, or is it one, three, three, four, two, you know? It's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but you guys have all those like riffs that are more like chording. Yeah, super kind of Yeah, yeah. So, but like, like, so the diatonic <laughs> riffs, are I'm I'm was explaining my what I was telling you before about fretboard visualization. You know, diatonic stuff. I see the notes that work. There's no trial and error. I'm I'm there might be trial and error of like what note I want, but there won't yeah. be a trial and error of does this note work in that key. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but with like the brutal death metal stuff, like you can kind of just do whatever you want as long yeah, as it yeah. sounds cool. It's better to yeah. turn that I noticed with like if you're trying to write sick brutal death metal, mm-hmm. turn all of that off. Yeah. So I just try and combine it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I just try and like, uh, like, so in wormhole, it's like gotta be tech and slam. Right. So I want to do like melodic and tech and then like stupid and slam. So you got to get from diatonic and pretty to like caveman and shitty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so like those two things don't work together. If you just put them next to each other. It, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's like, yeah. you might get lucky. But yeah. you probably won't. It sounds like, uh, like out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like abrupt. So you have yeah, to yeah. find a way to finesse it. Yeah, and that's the toughest thing about like writing in that in that style for me right now is how do I finesse brutal death metal to pretty and vice versa. Um, and usually like what I'll do is like I'll do like um. I'll I'll do like a slammy riff or something where I'm just doing like straight up chugs type type dealio chugs random patterns and just groovy rhythm some something like that. Um. And then I like to take the tails because I'm a firm believer in you need to like modify the tails yeah, to yeah. inject some life in to keep the life in the riff, you know, uh, so yeah, you, you don't get too uh, repetitive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, so I like try to like insert something diatonic in that tail, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. to try and like or the other way around. Start. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Start trying to like bridge bridge the gap, and then. 
lean into the next one and like slowly go down. So the um, best example uh, is Elysium, the new wormhole. Noni wrote that song. It used to be called Noni God. <laughs> Noni, Noni is a god for those yeah. of you who don't know him. But like it starts out super pretty and it's like just starts in injecting like chugs, you know? So it goes from pretty to a little bit like pretty and fast to like pretty and groovy. And then it goes to um, pretty but chuggy, but the chugs are diatonic. You know, it's like diatonic to like uh, yeah, yeah. E minor. <clears throat> and then we have this rhythm going like with like pretty stuff and chugs. Um, and, the uh, you know, and then the next part, take the same rhythm from the chugs, but now chromatic chugs on the same rhythm. So now we're in brutal death metal no mode. You know, we just switched. <laughs> yeah. And then we go Flip into it. a slam. So it's just like a progression, like a slowly introducing the slam element. I love it. That's awesome. So... Is it only you and Noni writing wormhole stuff? Um, yeah, it goes this way. Me and Noni make our, our songs. Usually it's four songs of mine, four of his. Um, you don't collaborate on the songs. We collaborate on parts. We don't collaborate on song. Like, like Arranging it. Okay, no, I misspoke. Okay, we, we write our own riffs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then usually we'll collaborate on like a slam, you know? Like how we're going to make the slam like super sick, you know? But all the other parts are... Kind of, I we trust each other usually, you know. Um, if if he thinks mine isn't like you know missing something, you know, I trust him and I'll you know edit, you know. So there's some kind of collab in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't really like sit in the room a whole lot together. We've done it like once on the last record and once on the one before that. Yeah. How do you think it turns out? You don't. You just don't like. It's just not your vibe. <coughs> not the way that you. I don't know. I think, I mean, we're just, it just works. Yeah. yeah. What, what we got works. I mean, it, totally. I have my inspirations. Noni has his inspirations. But like, kind of like, oh, yeah. Sorry. I, was like, What's <laughs> going on? I don't know what he was pointing at. So long as both of our, as long as our songs fit the criteria of tech and slam, <coughs> doesn't matter. I love this. Yeah. So, but it can never go outside of tech and slam. It has to be tech and slam. It can be literally anything if it can fit that criteria. <laughs> I love that. I'm down. Oh, so how long ago did you guys start <laughs> playing together? Uh, so Wormhole had a proto band called Rotting Phallus. <laughs> yeah, you kind of had to switch up the name yeah, as far yeah. as marketability yep. goes for that <laughs> one, right? I'm sure your parents loved that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one they really didn't get it. <laughs> did, they, did they wear the shirts for that band? Uh, yeah, but we, <laughs> we, we printed a picture of our cat, uh, like a cartoon picture of our cat on it. So it was like... It was like a picture of the, the cartoon cat, and it's, the cat said "slam." So my mom loved that. So she she was rocking it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! And she oh can she god. can't read it. She couldn't read that it says "rotting phallus." So True. it's like it's just lines. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where it began. You guys had "rotting phallus." Yeah. And then it's like 2014, 15, or something like that. And um, we did like a demo, uh, and some of the songs from the first record were demos on that rotting phallus demo like nurtured in a poisoned womb used to be called green eggs and slam and uh <laughs> yeah uh, is that uh weakest among us is what you're talking about no no genesis actually nurtured oh, in a poisoned okay. womb was on genesis okay. I yeah heard, i haven't heard that one uh don't bother because okay. <laughs> the weakest among us i yeah I heard, I heard that one like when it came out pretty much i used to oh, listen, yeah. listen to it it's good sick yeah i uh 
I like to just disregard the first one. We do know? that too. We have an yeah, EP called Primal, like, and we just pretend it, it just doesn't <laughs> exist. And <laughs> we're like, all good. I think Archbar <laughs> does that too with the uh, All Shall Align, like their first one. Uh, really? Like, they, I remember they played it live, and they're like. You can't buy the song, or you, you'll never buy the song on a CD or yeah. something like that. But I usually do that with pretty much everything I've made, other than like whatever I've made in the last like two years. Oh yeah, like everything else. <laughs> Dude, you know what's crazy? Absolute dog it. shit. Don't listen to it. <laughs> I I used I used to jam the uh, the electronica shit. Oh hell yeah! Oh, that's I awesome. actually saw you on tour do that one time. Okay, in uh, Baltimore. Ramshead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's Ramshead? Ramshead Live. It's like. It was when I was opening up for animals. Well, yeah, I remember that. We, I don't think we've it's, played Ramshead. It's right by Soundstage, actually. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, everything goes to Soundstage. Yeah, it's just a better place. <laughs> yeah. That Ramshead <laughs> place is, like, big, though, right? Really big. Yeah. Really? Is it bigger than Soundstage? <clears throat> yeah. It reminds me of, like, a House of Blues vibe. Yeah, totally. Jeez. Yeah, I'm always... I always kind of forget because soundstage seems small to me. I don't know why, but when I low ceiling, maybe, yeah, maybe that's why. But when I look at the cap, I'm always surprised when stuff like huge stuff is going there. Cause I'm like, wow, you can fit that many people in soundstage. That's insane. Yeah. It gets crazy in there. Oh dude. I think no, when you, when you guys were there with white chapel, it was like, yeah, that was was crazy. We've played there with like black Dahlia. It was crazy. Uh, Don't have any rules though. We just played there. Uh, With revocation, yeah. it was packed then too. Like yeah, there were a bunch of good. people. Then were you at? Oh that yeah, show? I was at that one. There yeah, were a bunch yeah, of people yeah. there. They but, uh, crank the AC in there. Like, when you <laughs> first true. show up to like load in, yeah, you're like, dude, is it really this cold? Like, I hate this. That. Is fucking. Oh, uh, me too. I do not like being cold when I'm on stage. Me too. And it really sucks if you're the opener. Because then it's like kind of cold when you play. It I, I, I played a show in a in a hoodie because of that. I hate that. Uh, it fucking pisses me off. Yeah. I like it to be like a hundred. I want it to be super hot. Me there. too. I want to honestly not really be able to breathe. Yeah, I want it to be hot. I want, to, I want it to be an experience. Disgusting. Hot and lots of fog machines. Yeah, yeah perfect. Like a fucking sweat I love launch. just like an especially if I'm like breathing in smoke from a fog machine and then I take a breath and my hair goes <laughs> down my throat. It's like <laughs> the struggle, the real yeah. struggle. I like a struggle uh, show. Drummers always have like all these like crazy fans, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, you can use my fan," and I always turn it off. I'm no fan ever. I've actually been. Damn. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Sanjay, no fan you ever. should I get like a fan. Yeah. I think that would fit into your like heartthrob persona if you got a fan <laughs> to blow true. your locks back when you stood up when you got close to the stage <laughs> monitors. No way. <laughs> no way. Yeah, you're already. You got enough going on already. He's <laughs> already, already hot enough. It. He doesn't need the fan. I know. It's so hot. <laughs> No one else knows the joke, but we keep we saw uh, Inferior with Sanjay like a month ago, and we're like, dude, we just kept thinking about how you're the you're so hot up there on stage. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Couldn't take my eyes off of you. You're just ripping. (laughs) It's under those lights at the end. It was just a special show. That was that was the sickest I've ever seen Inferior for sure. Oh, it was. That was. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) It was really sick. It was. Uh, You guys are. Going out on tour again? Yeah, with Enterprise Earth. Oh, that'll uh, be sick. Crown Magnetar and Tracheotomy. Yeah, someone was asking if you're excited about that. There's a oh, question Oh, I'm excited from about chat. that. I'm excited about that. Honestly, like, in, in between all my bands, like, I get to do different types of tours. Like, over the over the summer, I did that uh, Wormhole Analepsy. Oh, yeah. Slam tour. All Slam fans. Infury Headliner. All Tech Death fans. 
Gorod tour, also with Wormhole, all Tech Death fans. Yeah. Good to do a Deathcore tour, all Deathcore fans. Well, not all, but um, we did the Necrogoblicon tour a little while ago. Yeah. And that was like the broadest spectrum of yeah, like yeah. metal fan, you know? Yep. And I don't know. I, I, I love that there's like so many different uh, types. Um, <coughs> totally. And uh, yeah. It's cool. It's cool that there's enough fans for that to happen now. That's true. You know, like 20 years ago or 30 years ago wasn't really the case. It was like metal and hardcore, and that was pretty much it. That's true. I always find it fascinating. Like, we'll go to different kinds of shows here. We went to that Necro Goblicon show. There was really no one at that show that I ever see at other shows. It's crazy. They have such a... Who are these people? Yeah, I know. It's like almost people who are into Guar and Comic-Con, and they have such an interesting crowd. Like, they've grabbed a bunch of people who I don't even know go to other metal shows, really. You know what I noticed on that tour? Kids, literal kids. Wow. Like people bringing their <laughs> six-year-olds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, every show, there was at least one one or two kids. Definitely yeah. more than that. <clears throat> and every show, every couple of shows, there was a lady who painted herself green, too. I know, they have that <laughs> that goblin, man. You can do a lot of go- oh cool marketing God. with yeah, that. Yeah, I love the goblin. I'm so I sold on the goblin. You know how the <laughs> goblin sings? The uh, dude, I'm like, yes, the goblin has to sing. <laughs> Everyone already thinks the goblin sings anyway. Yeah. Even when Post Malone was on Joe Rogan, he's like, dude, they have a goblin that sings. <laughs> and that was when they didn't have that. But everyone just thought that anyway. So you would expect that. it. Yeah. I, even when we went on tour, I was like, wait, he doesn't sing. Like he, wh- he's just a goblin. He's just up there. Yeah. His thing. Yeah, dude, it's so cool. And uh, yeah, all them. I love the what's the name of the show right now with John Goblicon. Oh, so have you watched that? That character, I I love the the Goblicon character. Yeah, I like, love it. Um, you know what I learned though that John Goblicon and Necro Goblicon are two different like entities. What? Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not like they didn't start together. Oh really? What? Yeah, they're like they're like different identities entirely that are like teamed up. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. It's so it was way more complex than I thought. <laughs> so John Goblicon like com- was a character book, uh, yeah. before Necro Goblicon yes. asked or him to join the band. Or is the other way around? I don't know. He's not a character. He's a real life he's a real goblin. Guy. Yeah, he's a real goblin. Yeah. Real life guy. Yeah. I've seen him backstage. That's G- yeah, literally he's a goblin, goblin the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's insane to me. I can't believe it. The yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta uh, look into it, uh, uh, look into the history a little <laughs> bit more. But I, I was getting somebody was explaining it to me, and and I was like. I was like, I just assumed that they were just always the same thing, you know? Yeah, I figured that, like, Nikki made up the goblin or something. That's fascinating. Wow. But, yeah, if you guys out there haven't seen right now with John Goblicon, I will sometimes just watch, throw it on. It's hilarious. Yeah. Such good, funny interviews. There's one that they did with uh, Bill Oberender, who, do you know Bill? Okay, he used to do merch for the contortionist. He's done merch for us, and I think he does uh, the Offspring now. He's really moved up in Damn. the yeah, dude. That's what you can do if you enter in just being a cool person and do working. You'll end up working for the hugest bands over time. Like Inferi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how did you? Oh yeah. How did you Let's start playing that. with Inferi? Well, I filled in for them in 2019. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, on like a European tour or something. Yeah, the Tech Trek, so sick. I, I bet. Was like, Mike um, couldn't make it or what? Yeah, um, 
And like, I don't know, learning the songs then was like way harder than it is now. But <clears throat> definitely like I got like better, better from that gig. Like there's like some stuff in there that was like, I can't do this right now. I actually have to, I gotta grind, you know, I gotta grind it out and like actually like yep. get my chops up <coughs> for this. Um uh-huh. and then on Shadow of Intent on that tour twenty twenty two, I was playing with Wormhole and uh we were at the Oklahoma show and they all they they like like Spencer texted me, he was like, Yo, come over to the van real quick and they're all like <laughs> out there in a line. Mal- Malcolm sitting on the on the <coughs> Uh, on the chair and uh, a sit down the chair <laughs> and he, he was like I, I kind of knew what was going to happen actually honestly. Yeah, yeah. but he, he he did like one of his Malcolm things and he's like Mike's leaving the band and then I knew what they were going to ask me yeah and I was like, <coughs> yes. like we just wanted to tell you that actually <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's, that's it <laughs> yeah I was like immediately like yeah I'm in that's so, sick uh, but you uh, we guessed it in two seconds remember Oh, yeah, when Mike said he was quitting, because I think that Mike was tracking something here. Yeah, he was, he like, was oh like, oh. He was like, yeah, I'm quitting the band, and we're like, we're like oh, Sanjay they got Sanjay. And he was like, oh. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> we knew right away. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Because, well, I know that Malcolm's a fan of you. I know you're a fan of In Fury, and your style complements his very well. Yeah, you, you want to know why? One of my biggest inspirations for like my whole like counterpoint thing was Malcolm's Loathing Requiem stuff. Dude, that yeah, yeah. stuff it's is crazy. so sick. So, you know, I never actually like learned one of those songs, but like I was getting into that when I started writing my own music. So I was like trying to imitate that. Um, so like a lot of my stuff is already Malcolm inspired. So fits. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, did you know, how did you know him in the first place? It's, it's cool, actually. Um, I was on my first tour ever with my band Perihelion. Um, don't look it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're uh, listening to it right um, after this. And uh, it was like a DIY t- type of tour, and we had like a day off, and we were like around Nashville, so we went to Nashville. And like, it's actually like the day our record came out, and I was just like, I was like friends with Malcolm on Facebook, and I was just like, yo, listen to this, you know, type type thing. Um, and back then he would have actually listened to it. Um, um, and I was like, yo, we're in Nashville. If you want to like hang out. And then he actually got, he actually got back to me. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we had dinner with, uh, him and Kayla at Las Maracas, the one by Malcolm's house. And, uh, just like shooting the shit, you know? And then he took us back to his house and he was like hanging out like drinking beers. He showed us his snakes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, at that time had- showed us, um, the new A Loathing Requiem, uh, Acolytes Eternal hadn't come out yet. Um, and I was like, dude, I'm over here listening to Malcolm's <laughs> Riz. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's how we met. And then uh, actually the next time I saw him is when you guys came around. And stayed oh, really? In my house. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I was under the impression that you guys like went way were back. besties. Yeah, yeah. Way no, no. We, we, we met one time before that. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, because it must have been, I guess, 2014 the stuff or 2015 I think stuff 2015 yeah yeah which was right before Malcolm joined our band at the end of 2015 so that yeah obviously yeah it was sense. a tour with artificial brain yeah are you a huge fan oh, of oh man I'm I can tell that when brain. I yeah when I hear wormhole I'm like these guys love artificial brain for sure it, it's it's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Matt actually Matt too they're such a good band yeah they are and s- like the the stuff that Dan comes up with I just don't e- I can't even fathom how a human 
thinks of that stuff. It's so like it's out of the box. I was just trying to be him for like in like 2016, 17. Like that's how I wrote a lot of the stuff on The Weakest Among Us was me just trying to be artificial brain and then do slams afterwards with the yeah, same yeah. type of type of thing. Um, I just love like like going back to textures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play the same. You can play the same chord so many different ways, and there's so many different textures. You know. Yep. So like, I started exploring like a different way to a- approach like the same chord progression I've been playing for like years, maybe, but like with crazier voicings that like have a totally different texture. Artificial yep. brain taught me that. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, they're so good. We saw them. Uh, they played this venue here called Dark Matter last year. There were so many people there, and they just yeah, ripped. Really I ate. Awesome. Uh, I like microdosed mushrooms <laughs> and watched their set and literally had my mind just fucking blown. Dude, I remember that show because in the Inferior chat, everybody's like, yo, you going to Artificial Brain? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you guys. I want to see this band probably more uh, than yeah, yeah. you. Have you ever, well, I've seen him. I guess you saw him on that Black Dahlia tour. Yeah, and I saw him. We played, Perihelion played Louisville Death Fest 2015 or 16 or something like that. I don't know. 2015, and they, they, they played. And that was my first time seeing them. I was like... Yeah, it was fucking sick. sick. It was a really good show. I, uh, so with Grey Lotus, are you allowed to say that you're writing new Grey Lotus? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway? New Grey Lotus right. has like been written. You know, it's just kind of like. Oh, s- are you tracking it? The Grey Lotus way is a little different. We kind of do like we, we'll we'll track an entire well Ben will track an entire song, kind of like before like some things are done yet. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh. Something's coming out really soon. Sick. And then more stuff is coming out after that. <coughs> and then Sick. another thing is coming out after that. And it's all pretty lined up. That's awesome. Are you, do you tour with Grey Lettuce or? When I can. Yeah. You're a busy man. There's a busy I, man right here. <laughs> I know. A busy man. I, I'm shooting myself in the foot. It, <laughs> it sucks to like, Okay. I was with, with I wasn't in Grey Lotus at the start, right? But um Grey Lotus wasn't like a live band until me, Matt and um Lee and Drew ended up, you know, officially joining joining. Um it really sucks to like, you know, be part of the band like building up to this like capability capability of like doing these things and then not being able to do them. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like pretty crushing but also something i realized i gotta get used to if i'm wanted if i want to do it the way that i'm doing it i have yeah, to get yeah. used to it um but like we were saying before favorite part of it is making the music yep so yeah. like that's that's really like what i want to do um so if i can't you know if i can't tour i still want to like be able to like make you know be part of the music yeah I mean, I think that it says a lot about you as a player and just being a partner in a band that people want you to still write the music at, even if you never tour with them. That is a thing. Yeah, I just hope, you know, I just hope my schedules line up. You know what, what would really be awesome is, like, just getting both of my bands on, like, at least two of my, ba- my bands on the same tour so, like, I can yeah, just yeah. open up my schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get all three of them. I feel like that would be a pretty right? damn good tour. <laughs> But I, oh God, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, about Grey Lotus. So we did see Grey Lotus last year without you. Mm-hmm. Isaac was filling in for Yeah, you. Isaac rules. They were one of the tightest bands I've yeah, ever seen Yeah, it was really live. sick. So they're out <laughs> there making away. you proud, man. They like, yeah, we were totally blown away. And Naveen away. and I don't bullshit if a band 
you know, isn't mm-hmm. that that clean. Oh, I appreciate that, guys. It yeah, was amazing. It was I mean, dude, also Lee. Lee is such an underrated vocalist. He is incredible. I was really impressed. He nails. He's a good singer. He's got good pitch screams. He's good at death metal vocals. He's really like the the total package. And he fits your guys' music really well. Because you guys are kind of like a a total package type of band. You go everywhere. Yeah, he he uh he anchors a lot of like the parts, you know? Mm -hmm. Like um I mean like like a lot of like the Grey Lotus writing style is like like crazy riffs, you know they're they're goddamn crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, they are. <laughs> they really but like, I'll say, like the way that like the riff is, it's like you're not it's like supposed to like be following like every note all the the time. It's kind of like these notes making like an atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and then vocals are like driving that, you know. Um. Not all the parts, but like that's that's my favorite thing about uh, Grey Lotus is like that kind of that kind of vibe. Um, I think that that is the job of a vocalist. It's what you're saying. Like sometimes, especially in technical music, the music can sound really crazy, and then a vocalist comes on top and puts their thing down, and the vocalist is kind of like the bow yeah. that, that ties that wraps everything together. And a really good vocalist can take music like that and make it catchy in their, you know, just by the things that they write. Because a vocalist should mellow out those kind of parts. Yeah. And he does do that really well. Yeah, I, I am super blessed with vocalists. Yeah, seriously, you are. <laughs> Julian's a great vocalist. Yeah. And there, Stevie. And I, I got two bands with Stevie. Too. Me and Stevie doing hella music together. But yeah, blessed with like... Um, and they're all like actually like different too, which I which I love. Yeah, definitely. Well, all of them are different. Um, actually, pretty blessed with like drummers too, Spencer and Matt. Dude, that Grey Lotus sure. stuff. And Casey Brands. <coughs> now. Oh yeah, Casey is sick. Yeah. I mean, anyone who can play that Grey Lotus stuff that clean—that's that the craziest was, that was, yeah. It yeah. was truly yeah. mind blowing because n- we both told Ben we're like, dude, there's no way. I was like, there's yeah. no way. <laughs> There's no way that can be pulled off live. I was like, like I don't that, know about that. Know? And Noni was like, dude, I was there when he recorded it. It's legit. And I was like, <laughs> it, it's literally uh, insane. Because it was on uh, the tour that we did with Inferior and Archspire. Mm-hmm. They were playing it. And I was like, okay, all right. I guess I'll buy it. And then, uh, yeah, I saw him play it. And I was like, holy shit. I just yeah. got yeah, completely Matt's fucking. Matt was like super amazing. And I wish more, people, wish more people knew it. Yeah, does he play yeah, in yeah. any other bands? Yeah, wormhole. <laughs> oh, he's in wormhole. Yeah, I haven't seen you guys live. I don't know. So he's in wormhole. He's in Grey Lotus. Oh, he's got this band called The Wind in the Trees. It's sick. like a mathcore thing. Oh, Matt's sick. a mathcore guy. He loves mathcore. Like any of the like, like really goofier type drum stuff that you hear on both the wormhole and Grey Lotus records are usually like Matt, Matt mm-hmm. stuff. As in, so will he like write? drums yeah yeah and then you guys write guitar to that no 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 he just will be like come up with the drums for the riff well okay here's here's what would happen i write a riff in four four and matt would be like "Ah, i'm gonna pretend it's not four four yeah yeah. and like it's just so cool yeah that's super cool we were i was kind of asking naveen yesterday what he thinks the most important member of a band is and i think it's the drummer i mean if i'm being real i think it's whoever's making the songs yeah, that's true. That, but <laughs> even if you make a really good song and you don't have a good drummer live. True, live. Live, live okay, live, live yeah, drummer. Yeah, drummer yeah. for sure. Because a drummer, you know, yeah. guitar, you can fuck up, I can fuck up, 
It's if you not have earplugs in and you're in the audience, it's like, can't really even hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I bank on that. Yeah. <laughs> you all, yeah, yeah, dude. I was just thinking of Spencer. It's funny because you play with all of these musicians and they're kind of coming into my... Spencer is an insanely good... Yeah. You, you do play with really good drummers. Yep. I'm so blessed. That's why you're in good bands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, should we take some questions yeah, let's from take some the questions. audience? Uh, well, Lee asks... Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Lee heard me saying all that nice stuff about him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Lee. <laughs> uh, he's asking, what was harder to learn, uh, inferior material or Grey Lotus? Uh, Grey Lotus by a long shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grey Lotus, like, okay. With the inferior stuff, I'll start with that. The inferior stuff, there's like a toolkit, you know? It's the Malcolm toolkit. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you get that toolkit and can do, like, these, like, couple things that are usually, like, in Malcolm's Toughest riffs, you'll get all of them. Yeah. Almost all of the things that, you know. Um, if you can do that toolkit, it's just memorization after that. Like every riff, you got you got you got the chops, you just gotta memorize it, and the memorization part is almost more annoying because there's a a lot going on a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. Grey Lotus stuff, every riff is a different toolkit and you gotta memorize. The memorization is a little bit easier. But the riffs are like really dense. And there's like a lot of techniques in Grey Lotus that I only use in Grey Lotus and never anywhere else, like selective picking or something like that. Um, so, yeah, Grey Lotus. What is, wait, what's selective picking? Explain That'd it be like me. if you did like a hammer on from nowhere and then a pick. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So, Grey Lotus is the harder stuff to learn. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about Wormhole? Like, let's involve Wormhole too. Wor wormhole is like the most natural. The most your natural thing, thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. 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 I, I, I can, I could play a wormhole set and like right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah All right, yeah. do it. <laughs> we need to start. We we're saying that because we have a studio. We need to like start having people do something with that. Yeah. You know, involve it. That would be sick. I know. Uh, are there any other questions in there? Uh, that's all I've got for now. All right, I have another. Let's do that one from Gmail. Oh, the one about Axe Effects? <laughs> it's Naveen? right here. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Hey, my name is Connell, and I live in Washington State. Long-time listener, first-time questioner. I couldn't get through on the voicemail line, so I'm emailing. First well, what's off, up with that? Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. First off, I love the shit out of y'all. The podcast is the highlight of my work week, and I'm stoked you guys are back at it. Well, thank you. Uh, back so at it? What happened? Did we go somewhere? <laughs> I think we stopped doing it for a while last Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, when we were doing the EP. Right, yeah, yes. Yeah. We stopped for so a while. my question is regarding Gear Talk. We're going to we're gonna make open this to Sanjay as well, but I'd really like to know what gear Naveen uses to run audio and video for his drum videos. So basically, what audio interface, what DAW, what mixer, what camera, and what editing software? All right, Whoa, every, everyone's all of leaving it. the Twitch right now. All of now. it. <laughs> Just now we can have a DAW war. Everyone uh, likes those. <coughs> what do I use to use the... Um, so I was using Cubase, <coughs> but I started using Pro Tools like an adult. Like an adult? Yeah. Or maniac. <laughs> yeah, like a grown-up. See, I knew. because He made a status on his Facebook like a week ago about how he moved to Pro, Pro Tools, and everyone freaked out. <coughs> I love it. It's really? So sick. Yeah. As long as you love it, so I don't sick. care. I think that's Actually, I had really to go is, back right? into Cubase to export a song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I hate this. 
I like Ableton, Dang. but I, I love Ableton. <laughs> Ableton rules. If well, you like Ableton, then you'd like Cube, uh, Pro Tools. Like, really? there's all the cool, f- like a lot of the cool features from Cubase. I'm noticing that are in. Pr- I mean, fuck, Ableton are in Pro Tools. Okay. Yeah. See, I start. It's I like a mix Ableton. between the two, like Cubase and Ableton. Oh. I'm like, okay, I can oh, see wow. where the they like derived certain things. I from hate it. Cubase. Yeah, I feel like different dolls are just all the same thing packaged a different way, and it's like some they are going to work thing. for your workflow, some aren't. Like some of it is just like, like, I don't know. I think people worry about it too much, and then like yeah, 100%. They're, they're also like so reluctant to change, and I think that's too much because like it can take one day. It takes one day to like learn how to use it enough for control at <laughs> R. You know, <laughs> dude, I've been using Pro Tools for like maybe a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think I know more about Pro Tools than I did Cubase. Wow. And I used Cubase for like years. But it's a little bit unfair because I got, I started using Pro Tools to work on some of Mark Lewis's shit. Like I do like the engineering parts that he doesn't want to mm-hmm. do. So like he gave me like a list of like, here's how you do all this stuff with all the key commands and shit. So it's like, I'm kind of getting like, this like welcome in. You got the cheat I, sheet. Yeah, I got the cheat sheet that I didn't have for Cubase. You know what I mean? So it could just be that I just don't know how to do that stuff in Cubase. But uh, so I'm using Pro Tools now for sure. Fucking love it. And then my gear is like actually really simple. It's like the bare minimum. And it's just like a couple of cheap drum mics on the toms, like 604, which are like pretty standard. And then a 50, 57 Sennheiser. I mean, sure on the snare and then trigger the kick and i have some cheap overheads and a really cheap room mic and that's it what do you use you just plug directly <laughs> but into it's it. like the ear not the gear it's true yeah um i got all sorts of shit honestly I lo- i'm like i'm like kind of a gear hoarder it's like i have like one tone in my brain i just want to like get new stuff and like get to that same tone from like this new <coughs> setup now you know <coughs> kind of it's just fun i don't know yeah yeah different playing through different things is fun to me uh but like I don't know. I don't. I I like nice things. But what's more important to me is like, just do I like it? Um, and you know, usually like nice things, like yeah, you're gonna like it more and, and stuff like that. But like, um, it's hard to know like really why you like things, especially with guitars. I'm mostly talking about like like guitars on, on from that perspective. Like, you really know why you like guitars until you've played like a shit ton and you've played them in like a lot of different circumstances um so you don't really know what you like so um i'm totally a hypocrite on, on this because i'm like been like hoarding gear right now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i can go both ways well i think yeah uh, you know like if i think having a sound in your head is important for sure and then starting like every level doing it in the right way because people mm-hmm. can have all this sick gear but it's like they're yeah. starting off at a shitty point what the hell oh my <laughs> god <laughs> i'll turn that Vivian's down dad's my bad yeah that was my <laughs> bad uh, you know what i mean so if you start with it if you if you get like one thing in the chain wrong from the beginning it's like never gonna go away yeah so like i think the first thing is make sure like if you play guitar have a guitar that sounds good with like good strings and get pickups that you like and then kind of go from there. And it's better to have like less that 
you know what to do with. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, especially like if you don't know how to use all this gear, then it's just going to sound like total shit. But if yeah. you have like just a few things and you totally know how to use them, it's going to sound like way better. Dude, you know what's a good example of that, I think, is like all of like the Ola England amp demos. Like he's using stuff that people say is like shit on the forums, you know, type type of thing. And he always makes it sound good, you know? Oh, wow. Like not always, I guess, but usually I don't watch a lot of YouTube, but like <laughs> he, he does like all these like, you know, and he I mean, he's doing it, doing it to sell the amp. Like I, I get that. But like, I think it's like just like proof that like every piece of gear has like a role and that role is like what you make of it also mm-hmm. kind, kind of thing. Like, I don't know, like. Look at like shoegaze people um, who are like play, who like tap dance on pedal boards, stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there are like no rules at all for like making sounds, you know? It's yeah. like, uh, um, so I don't know. I think in the metal spectrum, people just get too honed up on like, how do I sound like this? How do I sound yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah. T- type totally. Of thing. Well, I think it kind of happened like with like gent. Gent, gent made That's everything so very, uh, and uh, this is not a knock on gent. I like gent. The, this, I just think that everything became very like um, about stuff. Yeah. When gent happened, like getting like a, fancy a, guitars yeah, and stuff. Yeah. The Axe Effects dropped when gent came out too. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. hearing about <laughs> Axe Effects. It's definitely gent's fault, like a thousand percent. I remember hearing about Axe Effects for the first time, really, because like yeah, of course. through Tosin. You know what I think? You know what I what I'd say to somebody who like usually is like you know getting on that like do like that tone sounds so sick like like what do I get to get to that tone like usually it's just like. Bro, you just got to pick harder. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, see, yeah. the, that <coughs> is the thing is that I don't know that it should be acknowledged that a lot of tonality is just in, for guitar is just in guys' hands. Yeah. Or I, I don't know about like the Scott was going in about the woods and stuff, and I don't know anything about that. But Dude, I can go tone. in on the hands, man. It is all in the hands. Like, I mean, like, obviously the amp is going to determine your tone, yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, but like. Good person's going to sound good on any piece of gear. Bad person's going to sound bad on any piece piece of gear. Uh, so, like, I, all right, there's, like, subtleties in, in the hand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, um, the way that you vibrato, how hard you push the strings, you know, th- those things, like, impact the pitch, you know? You could press really hard and push the, the note out of key, or you could have a little bit of a, of a drag and like drag the note out. Yeah. There's like, um, and then just like string noise, you know, um, um, like pick attack, you know, there's like a lot of those things that are like really like pulling what's actually, um, coming out of the, 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 it's, it's like, Pulling a sound from the the amp, you know, maybe, you know, like the pick attack, because you're picking hard, you're pulling something out of there. But if you're not doing that, like it doesn't really, you know, you don't even know that that's that's there. But yeah, I think with the hands and like palm muting and stuff like that, like that's where more of the tone is is coming out is coming out of. I think a great example is like '80s shredders, you know, yeah, like Greg Howe, Marty Friedman, Jason Becker, Vinnie Moore, uh, all all of those people who are like. Ingbe Malmsteen, they play kind of the same shit a lot of times, you know, but they all sound like 
you know, their their own. And, uh, you know, getting specific about it, I mean, like, Ingve's got, like, he's, like, really light on his, like, palm mutes and his picking. He's, like, he's not, yeah. like, picking he's super hard. He's not going to sound super different on any setup. If you gave him a guitar, it's yeah. like, going to sound like Ingve. Yeah. yeah, and then, like, uh, Vinnie Moore picks hard as fuck. You know, he's got, like, um, and then, like, uh, Greg Howe, he does his, like, sliding thing. It's, like, super unique to him. You know, the amp doesn't do that at all. The yeah, amp yeah. has no impact on that noise. Yeah. Um, Jason Becker is like got this like crazy, um, like pick attack plus vibrato uh, plus palm mute thing going. Marty Freeman's got like that perspective of no music theory, which makes him just wild in, in general. Like oh, they're wow, they're I didn't all know that he doesn't have any he's no wow. dude's free balling it wow <laughs> free balling that, it that's picking so like this it's like <laughs> so badass johnny t uh, he was in rivers did do you know johnny anyway he, him, yeah. he used to talk about that that the picking. freeman yeah yeah he was so obsessed with it he would just go around talking dude that that takes me to like the the technique thing people get on and on about technique but everybody's built different yeah, yeah. what's yeah. good for somebody is not going to be good for somebody else like if you can find what works for you and you know that you're not hurting yourself, you know, yeah. and you, if your standard of progress is over here and your technique can get you to where you want, fuck it, dude. You're not hurting yourself. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to get up here, you know, maybe, maybe try something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I've always said. Like for me, it just naturally occurs. Yeah. Because if I'm playing a technique, that is not efficient, then you're not going to be able to do that thing that you want to do. You're not going to be able to go whatever, super, if I want to play like, you know, 260 BPM or whatever, it's like I can't like sit there and force it out. Like, okay, yeah. I have to play it a certain way and that's going to naturally happen or you won't be able to do it. But I mean, like you said, everybody's different. I mean, some people and everybody learns different. Some people just want like, hey, how should I do this? And then that's it. Yeah. But for me, it's way more intuitive, like how it feels. So... That's why I think also, like, any professional musician, like, well, maybe not any professional, but any, like, really, truly good musician, or you're mostly self-taught, really, in the end. Like, you get these guidelines, right? And the guidelines show you, like, the routes to, to take. But, like, you need to learn how you learn on your own. Yeah. Because you're doing the practice at home, and you need to build on your lessons. The lessons are giving you... um guideline but you're teaching yourself how do you i fit this you know thing that i'm 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 learning um in the end it's like all all on your own you know you need to learn like how do i learn how do i learn songs good you know that's that's you yeah you know nobody's gonna tell you this is how to learn a song you're gonna be you're gonna figure out eventually like this is the best way for me to learn songs I also agree, or I also think that that's a lot how um, individual artists develop their own voice. For instance, vocal lessons. That has, like, become such a huge thing, just people learning different vocal techniques over the past 10 years. <laughs> Melissa Cross was kind of at the forefront of that. But you people get taught a lot of these same techniques, and really I think the beauty is in learning all of this stuff because you should know how to do all of that stuff. It's like what yeah. you're saying. How do I use this technique to get to that point? But then you need to like develop your own voice because that's what makes you unique as an artist. And I think that like the self-taught thing you're referring to, that's 
where it comes in. Yeah, totally. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because like, um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a shame a lot of times. You know, if you listen to a lot of, of metal, it's a shame when you hear something and you know that it's just like a rip from something else. Like, especially if like the song's sick and then it, but it's like, that like eats away in your head. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, <clears throat> like, it's just, it's just the same exact thing, you know? Like, I mean, obviously everybody plays the same slam riffs, like, but that's like the genre, you know, before somebody tries to say that one. Like <laughs> 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 yeah, but even still, it's like you named a bunch of slam bands earlier and none of those bands sound the same yeah, to me. For, and I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not a slam connoisseur, but the bands, there are When you start getting really into it, a lot of them sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's not production, dude. It's not muddied production. You can't hear what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this kidding. isn't abominable futurity. Right. <laughs> it's got to be muddy in the right way. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I think that that is like people sometimes get caught up in like being a copy or doing the same thing as another person, but really like thinking outside of the box. That's what makes different bands so cool and so beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. It's the type of stuff that I like to listen to. I would say it really. I don't know. It's like we're we're putting all this into words, but really just do your thing that you want. Yeah, do. that's there really it. Like yeah. don't be, I'm not, like when you're writing, you're not thinking like about all this shit. Of course not. You're just like, I'm playing guitar and I'm going to write something. Like whatever. Yeah. I think I, I, I had to, I had to learn how to do that before I felt like I feel like I can formulate what I'm actually, you know, I couldn't, I had to start just doing me before I feel like I could write something something fresh within without, another within yeah. another uh, genre kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. without yeah. just straight ripping things you know yeah, yeah totally yeah just do, fucking be yourself man i agree all right i think we're gonna kick it to the post show and right. have Hell sanjay yeah. show us some slam songs uh before we go though follow you follow all of your bands name them all again uh wormhole and fury Grey Lotus, Equipoise. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Dude's putting out. You're putting <laughs> out. You're putting out good stuff. You don't have a bad one in there. But Fuck yeah. yeah. Well, good time. Thanks yeah, for hanging. Thanks so much yeah, for hanging. Thanks for having you're me. The best, man. Fun as hell. All right, we will see you guys in the post show. And if you're not on Twitch, we will not see you on the post show. And have a good week. Peace out. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. Much love. Let's roll up another. Yeah. What do you think?